0: and like usual with the protectors we start having a pre-conversation about things that just would be a lot better when we talk about it uh welcome to the show my my great guest um sean patrick flannery my awesome co-host dr mike simpson And, you know, what really caught me off guard is just the humbleness by Sean right off the bat saying, you know, I'm just an actor. But that is BS. It's bullshit. You're way more than that, brother. And uh, thanks for coming on the show.
1: I appreciate it, man. Happy to be here. But uh, in all honesty, I am. I'm a fucking actor. I can be honest. I can look in the mirror and say, I'm a fucking actor. I get paid to do make-believe. And then I go home. I'm in the most expendable industry known to man. If shit ever went south, I'd be the first one left out to dry. And I know that. I know that. So it's crazy that we get the accolades. But, uh, you know, and and, and, you know, and and I I, like like you gentlemen, I I come from a long line of uh, uh, military guys in the family. And I was the first person in our family lineage that didn't serve his country. And you know, I'd be remiss if I told you it, it 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 it's a it's a hole in my timeline. You know, when I got out of uh, uh, high school and college, there was nothing going on. I mean, the idea was, oh, uh, we're at a thousand years peace now, man. Forget, it, there's nothing to do. And then you know, ninety two comes comes around, and uh, you know, Desert Storm, and it, it's uh, so. But but uh, but we're not going over the top, I appreciate the shit out of you guys, man. What you do, God bless you guys, and thank you both for the service, man.
0: Well, you know one thing about it is, that you, and we talked about this was that the the sheer amount of of boredom that you have in the military and law enforcement and everything uh, catapulted by the excitement, I mean, you need to live outside of that. You need to live outside of your bubble, or you get really down and dirty and down in the dumps, acting actors, movies, books, everything are our outlet. And if someone doesn't represent our culture, our our way of being, you kind of get that like uh, they're half-ass in it. But one thing that you're doing and one thing you've absolutely done with Born a Champion was bring something else to light spark. It's a spark. And I like to say that because in a past year, uh, I've seen so many jumping into BJJ. I've seen so many taking that next step and not just law enforcement, not just military, um, but seeing civilians jump into that. And if this movie has a spark, then you have provided a catalyst. So it's not just acting. So acting is a great platform and, and you're getting the message out there in other ways.
1: Well, I appreciate it. You know, I, I mean, a lot of people, you know, it's it's funny it, w- w- with, with, with any other film, you know, people say, you know, well, I hope a lot of people see the movie. You know, with Born a Champion, I hope the right people see it. Mm-hmm. I really, I really don't care about the quantity. I really care about my peer group—the people that I want to spend time. I hope those motherfuckers see the film. It's like, uh, you know, that—that's, uh, you know, people that are cut from the same cloth. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's. Pe- people can say that they make films for messages I tried to do this but you know it, it it was at this point in my life most of the vast majority of the things that I do are for like in case a boulder fell on my head I got this for my kids there's a lot I want my kids to, what I want my kids to know in the book I wrote the, the the film that I wrote it's uh and I appreciate that you guys watched it I appreciate that it spoke to you guys and uh it is it, it's 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 a uh, a combination of the vast majority of things that are important in my life to this day.
2: Well, I think I, for one, and I know Jason agrees with me, I think you absolutely nailed it, Sean. Um, just in, in the way that the story is told. And what, what I found most intriguing is you told a war story without telling a war story, which is difficult to do. And you, you really pulled it off and there's a uh, uh, i'm i'm in the process i'm i'm not like jason who's written several books and you also a published author, author i've written a book and it's in the process now but i have a whole chapter in it where i talk about warrior mindset and in in talking to guys like around our age i'm saying hey it, i don't if you've never served in the military or anything like that you can still have a warrior mindset and the way to do that in my opinion is through martial arts and of course i push him towards jiu jitsu because you know i'm a jiu jitsuero just like you are Um, not, of course not on your level, but I'm like, you know, you can get all of that, all of the things that I found that I really treasured in the military. I get a lot of that through martial arts, you know, the, the pushing myself to the envelope, the, the positive peer pressure that you get from your tribe in the gym and making you the best version of yourself and just getting up each and every day and going, I'm going to gird my loins for battle. And I'm going to go in there and put myself to the test. I'm going to go through that catalyst each and every day, and I'm going to come out maybe not uh, better than any, even anybody else in my gym, but I'm going to be better than the version of myself that woke up yesterday. And I think you really, really captured that uh, as an outlet. And I've had guys on my podcast who, uh, who use Brazilian jiu-jitsu as an outlet for guys with PTSD, as an outlet you know, for, for coping skills and stress inoculation. And I, I saw threads of all of that throughout the tapestry of this film. And, and I thought it was just really impressive and really good storytelling.
1: I appreciate it, brother. You know, I, I, from my heart, I appreciate it. It's, uh, you, know, you know, it's like, you know, uh, there, there, there's critics out there that review the film. But really, the people <laughs> whose reviews I give a shit are guys like you, man. You know, they're, they're, there's people that know nothing about martial arts that are writing reviews of the film. There are people that know nothing about the military. They're writing reviews about the film. There are people that know nothing about family life and fatherhood. They're writing reviews about the film. I don't give a fuck about those reviews. I honestly don't don't give two shits about it. I give two shits about the people that I respect, the people that I want to share a sandwich with, the people that if I wasn't there, I'd be like, my kids are okay in that room with that group of people. You know, so I, I know that, that, it's probably not going to gain any points in the industry, <laughs> but, uh, you know, another thing at this point in my life, I just don't give a fuck. You know, I, I, you, you come to a point where, you know, you being true to yourself is really the only thing that matters. And that's, that's what I wrote the film for. So, I mean, if, if you guys enjoyed it, if it spoke to you on any level, I, I, I appreciate it, man. And as far yeah. as jujitsu goes, you know, every, everybody goes through life and they think, you know, you know, uh, you know, life is a fight. Well, that's a metaphor. So if you want to prepare for it, why don't you just fucking fight? Why don't you just fight? You know, everything is like, well, this is really going to be a fight. Well, then how do you prepare for it? Why not fuck the metaphor? Just fight. Just fight on a daily basis. Then all of those little things that were like, oh, my God, when I went to the DMV, it was a war. How do you prepare for it? The DMV ain't a war when you've been in war. You know what I mean? When you've been in a fight, you know, doing your taxes ain't a fight fucking fight's a fight. You know what I mean? When people like, oh my God, you know, I got, uh, I got my insurance bill and it was like a punch in the face. Really? Really? Was it, was it like a punch in the face or was that the the closest thing that you can, because when you've been punched in the face every day, you ain't going to say it was like a punch in the face. You're like, ah, that's a bummer. Okay. That's more accurate. It's a bummer. Yeah. But there is no man holding you down, collapsing your carotid artery, slowing the blood flow to your brain, and rendering you unconscious. It's not that. It's not that at yeah. all. It's not even close.
2: Well, I, I always say the people that complain the loudest about microaggressions are the people that have never been on the receiving end of macroaggressions. <laughs> yeah, so they, exactly. they can sweat the small shit, you know, and, and what you de- what you described, you know, and it comes across in the character, too, is is, you know, being at a place in your life where you can do what you know is right. What makes you happy? What sets the example for your kids? And I, I had the distinct—I had—I had the luxury. Of my my last assignment in the, in the military. I knew that I was never going to get promoted again because I just didn't care. Uh, I knew that all I had to do was stick up for my people and say what I felt was right because I didn't have to kiss anybody's ass to get promoted. I didn't have to do the right thing. I didn't have to check any blocks. And kudos to you for being in that place as an actor in your craft and being able to say, I can make the projects that matter. And I can make, like you said, the pro- the the projects that the right people are going to see and go, yes, that speaks to me, rather than get an award because you checked all of the blocks. You know, did you portray this type of person doing this type of action, uh, acting this type of way? Yes. Okay, here, here's your trophy.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I'm right there with you, man. And it takes, you know, it takes a long time to To come to that place, but it's 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 incredibly freeing. <laughs> you know what I mean when when you realign the people that you answer to, and uh, they're they're the people that you want on your deathbed. You know, at, at the end of the day, that's it. You know, and I think that's a good place to be. I've certainly that's- searched for it for a long time, and I'm I'm, I'm glad I found it.
0: You know, we uh, I always talk about like the professional resume. You know, I, up until my 40s, I was working on a professional resume. As I'm getting closer to 50, I'm like. To me, it's all about the personal resume. And you brought that up with the family and your kids, seeing your kids in a movie with you and having that. It's a different type of mentality now. You know, the only reason I wrote, like I I wrote books and all this other stuff. So my kids, I have a legacy for them. Everybody else, I don't give a shit. I want my kids to say, hey, you know what? Dad did this. Dad did that. um, And this is why he did what he did. And that's what I like about you're always talking like, you know, in the movie, with your sons, man, that was badass, especially at the end. And you know, how bringing that emotion to the screen and bringing that part of the story to the screen—that must have been an incredible feeling, man. Let's talk about fatherhood for a few.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it's, it's without question, it's the most important thing in my life. Um, you know, I spend twenty four seven with my family. I, I honestly do. And it, it's funny, you know, I, I had them in the film. But, uh, you know, be, being in in the entertainment industry, you know, in Hollywood, the majority of the time, the creative process is like, well, if that's in there, then, you know, this cross-section is not going to like it. We have to change that. For, it's, and, and that's the least creative place to be in. Um, so I wrote this by myself. I, 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 and I realized there were some things in the film that, you know, possibly wouldn't sit right <laughs> with some people. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, we, we came up against a, a, a number of uh, hurdles where, where, you know, th- people attempted to change some things. Um, for example, you know, th- there's a lot of things in that story that are the most important aspects of that story that uh, people wanted to change. Um, the ending with my me and my son training. I reshot that at the end on my own because they didn't want to include that. Um, that wasn't important. Uh, a lot of the religious aspect, uh, a lot of the the prayer, uh, the meritocracy speech about jujitsu. Apparently, I didn't know this meritocracy is a taboo subject, which kind of blows my mind, um, you know, but 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 having my sons in it and, you know, like it, it, one single film and suddenly, you know, you get you get interest from the industry for your your, your kids to do more. You know, I make a joke. My my, my boys had their acting debut and retirement in one film. You know, uh, I, I have no desire. We're, 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 they're not going to go on any auditions. They're not going to, you know, they're kids. You know, if I if I'm going to do a film in the future and there's a part for a kid role and we could spend time together and have fun in front of rock on. But we're not pursuing acting. You know, it's, it's it, it, it was about you know, putting something out there that one day they'll say, me and my dad did this. Look, we were all in this together. You know, the one regret, uh, I have is I couldn't convince my wife to, uh, be, you know, the school teacher when I go and I pick up, uh, my son from school. Um, and I, she, she was like, "Ah, I just don't want to, I don't, it would have been great to have the whole family in there, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's it, it's important to me, and that's something I'll always have to look back on and say the whole family did this
0: together. You know, uh, now we're going to go do a little backtracking. There's one movie that everybody in the military, I don't care if you're from private to captain or whatever, has seen, and that's Boondock Saints. Yeah. I have no idea. I've seen that movie like five six times. And, you know, going to war and, and everybody else, there's always a copy around. And there's so many, it's like a generationalist because you can have a 20-year-old private now still watching that movie. And it's just, I love it, man. It's just, I love it. I just want to, have, you know, and it's a lot of this interview right now is just us giving you a ton of kudos, man. But seriously, that movie is just badass.
1: Man, I'll, you know, I'll tell you one of the most flattering little statistics I ever uncovered was uh, me, me and Redis did a USO tour uh, in 12, 2012, something like that. And uh, wonderful time. Went downrange, went to Bahrain, Djibouti, Dubai, went went all over the place. And uh, uh, interesting fact, the number one and number two college dorm room poster, number two is Boondock Saints and number one is Scarface. In military barracks, it's fucking flip flopped boondock saints is the number one movie poster and scarface is number two and i found that i just found that so that tickled the shit out of me man i just found that so flattering and it was true we went on the uso tour and there's you know people are like dude you gotta come in, you gotta come see this you gotta come it show them their room and there's a the poster on the wall and a copy of the movie and it's like damn man it's just uh you know and, and we we've we heard those stories too it's like you know of it's crazy when people say, you know, thank you for that. Cause that really, that really kept us morale high when it's like, I, I mean, if that's, if I can be any part of something like that, Holy cow, man. But that, that was, that was flattering as shit to hear that it really was.
0: Absolutely. And you know what? There's a reason I have like rope all over the place now. Probably. I have no idea. got the <laughs> rope <laughs> Because you always fucking need it. <laughs> yeah. You do. You do. <laughs> Uh, yeah man i uh i'm really looking forward to watching you man and you know i i like your your transition and you know i, I read a little bit about your back with getting into the martial arts realm and you know and taking on that lifestyle man because it really is it it's such and it, like it's not just about the fight it's about just getting your mental headspace clear man
1: well you know you know the jujitsu mats therapy for me but there's a real world application you know, I I, I I, you know, obviously, you know, the age old adage, you know, we all become incredibly judgmental in our old age, but man, I look around and I see, you know, some morbidly obese dad. And I think, man, you are failing miserably. If Mm -hmm. any shit went sideways, you're useless. And I'm not, you know, some trained assassin, but at least I'm doing the best to be able to accommodate any issue that steps up in front of me and my family. And I, I, I just, uh, you know, that level of preparedness for what I consider an inevitability, you know, it's crazy in jujitsu, you know, it, 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 you, you come across, you know, some students that, that, and God bless them, but they, they say, ah, oh, you know, I'm 40 years old. You know, I've, I've never been in a fight in my life. And, and you're like, wow, like what streets did you choose to go? How, how did that happen? Like to me, my upbringing just the odds are, that that's like, you know, I, I won seven lotteries in a row. You think that that just, the, 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 metrics don't add up, but there are people out there like it and God bless them. I just, I mean, my, my, my reality, it, what I've experienced in my life is like, you're, you're going to come across things where you're going to have to, you're gonna have to deal with something or you're gonna have to bend your will certainly as a child, you know? Um, so it, it, it it's, it's, it's been, a number of different answers to a number of different problems in my life. And probably it, it satiates the most, the, 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 the most amount of vacuums in my life. That red mat that I train on every day. I, I can't say enough about it.
0: You know, Sean, uh, what,
2: what was your, what was your introduction to, to jujitsu? How did, how did you find it? Uh, and who was your first teacher? You know, I,
1: I, I was a martial arts since I was nine years old And, you know, everybody has a story of how they got into martial arts. Most of them are Bruce Lee. You know, oh, I saw a Bruce Lee movie and I got it. Mine was a little, you know, off the beaten path. It was like 73, 1973, 1974. And I saw Elvis Presley doing Suspicious Minds on the Vegas stage. I don't know if you guys remember, but he was like, quick call. I can't walk. You know, and he's doing this kata, you know, and throwing kicks. And my dad was a golden gloves boxer. And so he was, you know, he was into the martial arts and the fighting scene. And I asked my dad, I said, dad, does Elvis know karate? Because back then it was all karate. Like if you did any, martial arts was karate. And he goes, you know, I think he studies with the old man, Ed Parker in Kempo karate. Man, I want to do that, dad. And, you know, we didn't, we'd have a lot of money growing up, but there was a, there was a, 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 a dojo of sorts, I use that term loosely, next to a Piggly Wiggly when I was nine years old. And uh, that was my first martial arts academy. It was a complete McDojo. You know, the guy was fat, probably would get gas going up one flight of stairs, couldn't lift his foot above his waistline. But it was my inauguration in the martial arts. Very soon after that, I got into a real version of uh, Taekwondo. And then I started, I, I trained Gojiru, Shotokan, some Judo, some Muay Thai, and anyway, Jerry Banks. Uh, academy in the Palisades, Hicks and Gracie was uh, transitioning from his Pico Academy, which is a warehouse on Pico, Pico's Boulevard in LA. And he wanted to open up a, an academy that as opposed to renting space out of a karate uh, academy. And so he was renting space when he closed his Pico, he's renting space from Jerry Banks in the Palisades while he was building out his Barrington Academy. And uh, I saw, you know, obviously I saw UFC number one. November 11th of 1993, I'll never forget the day. My granddaddy, I was overseas shooting young Indiana Jones, and my granddaddy sent me a VHS and he said, Watch this. And uh, so since that day, I, I always wanted to train this mystical thing called jujitsu, but it was really before the internet and you, th- none of those Brazilians advertised in the Yellow Pages, man. And uh, this guy came into Jerry Banks Academy and he started putting mats down on the hardwood floor. And I saw this patch on the bottom of his gi, and it said R I C K S O N, and then there was a space Gracie. Now I didn't know what plumber this Rickson dude was that was partnered with the Great Gracie, <laughs> but I knew the name Gracie. And I said, "Are you are you, are you guys uh, affiliated with Gracie, Hoist Gracie?" And he goes, "Yeah, you know he's my brother." I was like, "What? Your brother?" with the great, you know, nobody knew nobody knew who Hickson was back the time. I told him I said, man, I've always wanted to train this jujitsu stuff, but man, I, I, and he go, he threw me a gig he goes, put the game out tonight you're gonna train. I was like, man, is that are you sure is that okay? He's like, yeah, my friend. Man, we did a grand total of zero technique. We did warm-ups and uh, then he said okay pick a partner same size the same shape we're gonna do some spa. I picked uh, a guy across the way because I've always been about 170 pounds I've always been fit. I was on my first football team when I was six. I was a triathlete. I went to the junior Olympics. I, I've been an athlete my whole life. It's not to me, me to stroke myself. This is to, to illustrate why I thought this was a wise idea. 170 pounds, but I'd heard so many mystical stories about this martial art. I picked this guy across the mat to spar with. I said, do you, you want to go? He was a blue belt. His name was Matt Akins, Henry Akins for those jujitsu Jitsu. Nerds out there that know Henry it was his little brother. He was 135 pounds soaking wet. And he was a blue belt, the first colored belt you get. And as a lifelong martial artist, there is no first belt out there that can compete against a real athlete. It's pretty much even even. And I thought, man, but this martial art I heard mystical stories about. So if this dude can stalemate with me, it will blow my mind. Well, we all know how the story ends. We clapped hands and this guy comprehensively destroyed me. If he wanted to urinate on me, I was pinned and I could not avoid a stream of urine. If I met him in a dark alley, 135 pounds soaking wet, he would leave with every material possession I had on me. And I didn't have an answer for it. And in my opinion, there's two types of people in the world when you uncover that. You either make an excuse for yourself and you say, well, you know, I could have hit him with a rock or had a groin shot. I gasped out a thrown elbow or you go. No, if I met that dude and, I, and he wanted to harm one of my loved ones, I'd have to sit and watch. That's not some shit that I can sleep with. So I said, how what do I need to exchange to get this power over another mortal? And I signed up on the day for two classes a week. And that shit lasted one class. And I changed it to unlimited. I was fucking addicted. I have never been in the presence of something that treated me like an infant in my life. I've never done any sport. I I would venture to say that I could probably play tennis with the US Open champion and be more in the hunt than a non-grappler rolling with with a black belt. It's, 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 it's otherworldly. It, it, I've never been that destroyed comprehensively, repeatedly in my life in any martial art or any sport. I mean, think about it as, as when I was 25, I could walk on to any college football field and not get destroyed. I, you'd get beat, but you wouldn't get destroyed. This was the first thing in my life that I thought I'm getting beat And I don't even have a recipe of how to stop it from happening again. And all of my instincts are getting me deeper and deeper into trouble. And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it. And uh, I was so addicted to it. I made some pretty shitty career decisions (laughs) because of it. I, uh, you know, the preponderance of my time was spent on the mat. You know, I turned down job offers to, to, to train for tournaments. And in hindsight, I don't regret one decision. There are plenty of films that I would trade and go, eh, I didn't need to have done that. But there's not one moment of Matt time. It's probably the most lopsided purchase of my life. Back in, when I started training jujitsu with Hicks and Gracie, it was $220 a month. That's that's on the high end, even by today's standards. And if somebody came back to me right now and said, okay, Flanner, you've been training jujitsu for 22, whatever it is, years, if you don't retroactively pay me 500 bucks a month for every one of those, I'm going to take everything Jujitsu's giving you. I, I, I'd, I'd come up with the money. I'd find the money. I mean, there, there, there are films like that that I'd be like, eh, OK, go ahead and take the film. I, 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 for jujitsu, I pick the number. If they said a thousand bucks a month for 22 years, you've got to come up with it or we're taking it away. I'd find it. I would find a way to get that money. It is one of the most important things in my life not just in hindsight, but as a daily thing, it's, it's, uh, it's that important. It's one of the most important things I'll leave behind to my kids. You know, it's, it's truly done mystical things for my life. And I see it daily with other kids and other adults as well.
0: Love do it. you
2: think, do you think uh, jujitsu and of course, and, and obviously you've kind of, you've moved away from from the the California sinkhole and that's and I was I was born in Redondo Beach so uh, I I know even for somebody who's not in the business what that place is like you know you you live in Texas and jujitsu has been your therapeutic outlet and of course your your family also do you think that has uh, in a lot of ways saved you from a lot of those dangerous pitfalls that people in the industry fall into?
1: One hundred percent. I mean, you know, when I met my wife, it's like, you know, she she makes a joke. She's like, you know, when she's talking to her girlfriend, she's like, if if my back when we were just dating, she goes, if my boyfriend, if the biggest worry of mine is that he's on a mat with sweaty dudes, life is good. Every every moment of my spare time, I'm, I'm not at the clubs. I'm not going to Vegas. I'm not I'm on a mat with sweaty dudes if, 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 okay, you know, when we were dating, well, you know, he, he couldn't go, he couldn't take me to dinner tonight because he's training for some tournament. She knows where I am. You know what I mean? It's, uh, and, and there are, there are long-term benefits from me spending that time on the mat. It's, uh, you know, there are plenty of things in your life when, you know, when I say, you know, when, when I tell people to just sign up for jujitsu, you know, do, when I say the most lopsided purchase, you know, can you tell me, you know, how much do you think about that that three hundred dollar pair of sneakers you bought ten years ago? Nobody does. There's not a person that's like, I can't believe. Yeah, I know, man. I can tell you where every dime went on a jujitsu match, uh, on a jujitsu fee. It, it's 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 been the most lopsided purchase of my life in in real currency outside of my family, which you're negotiating time for time. But absolutely, it's uh, it's 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 given me a- another outlet. But jiu-jitsu was such a huge part of my life. I wasn't sitting at home waiting for the phone to ring. You know, I'd have buddies who'd be like, holy shit, did you see that show? How come we didn't get an audition for that show? And I'm like, I, no, I didn't. Because I, I'm training, on am Matt. You know, I'm probably the least educated actor in Hollywood. Like when people go, oh my God, did you see the latest episode of, I didn't. And I don't say that to sound like I don't give a fuck because I do. I love my industry. I love, I love acting. I love movies and everything. I just love training more than watching, you know, you know, 70 episodes of, of what it's, but, but that's not to say that I don't care about my industry. I do, but it's given me something else to do besides worrying about how come I'm, what, what about the next job? How, why did I not get that job? How come this other guy got the job? It's, it, 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 I, I always, I'm a firm believer in a bifurcated passion train. You know, we'll take your mind off the other for a bit and the other will take your mind off the other. I think that's incredibly important. Otherwise you you are, you know, you're counting your blessings and counting, counting the detractors on a daily basis. And that's not a good place to be in Hollywood, man.
0: I tell you, man, uh, I'm learning a lot. I like, I love talking to people, like especially when Mike's around, and getting these good conversations going about the about the flow and how important it is uh, to have that in your life. Have like uh, BJJ in your life, jujitsu. I mean, I you know I'm sold. I'm ready to go, Mike. Let's go. Let's film some documentaries <laughs> on it. Come on. I mean, you're in Texas. I'm in DC. So I mean, hey, hey,
2: man. I got and I've I've got a garage full of geese, man. So.
0: Well, yeah, we're, we're you I'm a little bit, a little bit heftier, but you can send me a gee.
2: I got, uh, I think I'm at a fours, but I, I, you can fit into an a three. I got,
0: I got a, I got a ton of A3s, man. So if, hey, you know what? If there's black,
2: black or white, you just, you have my address, brother. I'll send you a, I'll send you a, a gray beard performance gee.
0: Oh, there it is. Gray beard. That's it where is. we're all right. at. You know, uh, I like talking to us older folks. You guys are a little bit older than me by a few years. Not much. I'm getting there. But seeing that you have that energy, just be like, you know what? Fuck it. I like that energy, man. I like that saying, hey, you know what? It's about something other than like for you, it's the industry. For Mike, it's him saying like before, I'll never get promoted. To me, it's the same way. I'm like, this is about, this is the time, man. And I wish people found this earlier in their life, like, you know, 30s, Uh, 20s, you're always going to try to find yourself. But 30s, man, start, start now whatever your age is man like you're like you said with your kids man they're they're doing it and you know they're kids man like you said, fuck the industry and all that other shit right now I'm about to take my daughter to go do some like soccer or some other shit do something um that's for you and not just this ideological like utopia that you think the world really wants. If that makes any sense, I'm I'm rambling. No, no,
1: it it does hundred percent. I'll I'll tell you, you know, I am such a product of of sports in my life. I can list on two fingers teachers that I've had growing up, but I can tell you every sports coach that I've had since I was, when I was six years old, my football coach at the Braven Bears was named coach Eisenhower. I can still smell his tobacco cologne. I, I can picture his face. They taught me more about what it means to be even a dad at six years old. And I can yeah. tell you every coach Montgomery was my track coach that took me to the junior Olympics from Leaf track team. I can tell you every sporting coach. And, you know, to me, that is vitally important. And it's bizarre to me now that we're pulling that out of kids' yeah. lives. It's it's truly mind-numbing to me. I'm here to tell you I am more a product of that cross-section of of, of leaders than my math teachers and my social studies and my reading and my writing. Don't get me wrong. I had a a handful of good ones here and there, but generally speaking, every coach I ever had meant something, and they loved me, and they cared about me, and they were hard enough on me without breaking me, but would they knew when to pick me up and when to let me fall, every single one of them. And don't get me wrong, there's probably some shitty coaches out there, but by and large, the vast majority in my life, pretty much everyone has been stellar. And another thing, you know, kids get into sports and they think, you know, the parents are like, well, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, we want to, you know, golf. There's a lot of money in golf. Uh, We should get in golf or, oh, you know, basketball. He can get a a lot of money. I'll tell you what, there is no money in wrestling, but Wrestling puts out more CEOs Mm -hmm. of Fortune 500 companies than every other sport combined. What you learn on a grappling mat will change who you are. So people need to start rethinking what their currency is. Yes, you're not going to get an NCAA championship and be able to go to the bank and get a million dollar loan. But what it does to you as a human will let you achieve fucking anything in the world out there. And that's the currency parents should be chasing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that is, you know, that is the absolute truth, man. I, you know, in the helicopter parent thing, let them, let them fall and get up. Let them fall, get up. If the coach makes them run hills, pushups, anything, don't be sitting back there going, oh, you can't do that to my kid. No, let them embrace that suck man uh mike and i, I could tell you the the old, the best times we've ever had was when we are just in the military is when you were just sucking it when just life you were down in the dirt you are just spent and i you felt it when you've been on a mat anywhere else when you're spent i want my kids to have that feeling i want them to have that feeling and it's not me being mean being 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 a bad dad bleh, bad dad it's me saying they need to feel what it feels like to be, fuck, I can't go on. But then they go on. They have to get that. Then they go on.
1: Well, it, it teaches kids. It teaches adults alike what you're capable of. You don't know unless you've been tested. If you think you're preparing your kid for adversity by bubble wrapping them, you're doing mm-hmm. them a huge disservice. You know, I want my kids to have an unfair advantage. I want them to be able to go out in society and – Around the other people that are applying for a job like infants. I want that form because they do know they've leapt over adversity. They're not gonna look at something in front of them and go, What the fuck is that? How do I get over that? They're gonna be like, okay, I've crushed twice as big as that. Hold hold my chocolate milk. That's what I want
2: for
0: my kids. Well, yeah, Sean, every, everybody uh, should
2: graduate high school with uh, at least a couple of scars. Uh, Broken bones, optional. You know, I had a couple of those too. But you know, you know, stitches here and there. Mm -hmm. I had I had an arrow go into my leg, uh, among other things. You know, (laughs) and a a bottle tear my lip open at one point. So and and you know what? These these were all learning points because bad judgment. You know, there's a thing that we say in medicine that um, wisdom comes with experience, and experience comes from bad judgment right you you make a mistake you know early on in your career and you go whoa that could have really gone south those are the moments that you remember and i think that's true of life too you know you got yourself into a situation that was exceedingly uncomfortable felt exceedingly dangerous you felt very vulnerable you didn't like that feeling hey that's a mistake you're never going to make again you know whereas if you're in your 30s and you've never gotten to make one of those mistakes that, to me that's a recipe for disaster
1: yeah, it's, it's like I was saying earlier, you know, when 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 I meet, uh, you know, adults that maybe sign up to take jiu jitsu and you get into conversation, you know, you're talking about, you know, if we're doing the self-defense curriculum, we're talking about, you know, blunt force trauma and where strikes are involved. and They go, you know, what? I've never been I've never been in a fight. You you start talking. You're like, so you has, have you never been struck in the face? No, never. To me, I'm like, oh, my God. Now, I don't wish for anybody to get punched in the face. But you, you you have a very different outlook on life if you haven't. I mean, there are lessons from you know confrontation and knowing where the red line is, and no, it, it's it's uh, I, you know I, I don't want my kids to ever get punched in the face. That's not I, I don't long for that. But I definitely want them to know the lessons that come with that. It's if there was a way to achieve it without it, I'd be all on board. But uh, I, I don't know of a way to achieve that clarity without going through that tunnel. So yes, absolutely. I I don't want to mark up any face with scars, but you definitely want the wisdom that comes with them. Well, I I
0: think, uh, uh, I was going to say, I think we're going to have to have a part two. (laughs) We could talk for like another four hours.
2: Yeah. I I was just going to say, I think, you know, out of everything that's out there, you know, um, you know, of course I have a tremendous amount of respect for boxing and Muay Thai and a lot of the striking arts, you know, you mentioned Kenpo, uh, Kyokushin. Uh, but I, the thing that I really love about Jiu Jitsu is that you can pressure test at 100%, both of you just going absolutely as hard as you can. And yet it is still a safe environment where you know 911 is probably not going to get called at the end of that five minutes. And I, I think that, you know, for everybody, you know, you, you get in bottom side control uh, with Tim Kennedy on top of you uh, and you survive that for four minutes. And I've been in that situation multiple times, unfortunately, or fortunately I should say, because I've learned from it each and every time, you know, it, it not only does it diminish the rest of your problems in life, um, but it really, it tells you a lot about yourself, what you're capable of uh, because you don't know until you've been pushed to the edge of that envelope.
1: Yeah. And you know, it, it, it's, it, it's like you said, jujitsu is the most accurate and repeatable hand-to-hand combat you can do at 100% on a daily basis. Imagine how good you'd get at Muay Thai if you could throw for the fences against a, I don't know, a hologram, that, You know, mm-hmm. if you could clone people and just dispose of them when they got injured. You'd get, and you didn't take, you didn't get CTE for repeated concuss but you can't. So you end up practicing even boxing with headgear and pulling punches and not really trying. That's different. That's very different. Nobody ever got good at an arm by by, arm bar by sort of hitting it. You get good by doing it at a hundred percent. And that's why you can get so good at grappling because you can do it a hundred percent. There is a person that's trying to hyperextend your arm with violence, accuracy, and immediacy. And you're relying on a little gentleman's code of And they stop. They stop immediately. It'd be no different if we could throw punches and you could tap out right before it impacts your cheek and you wouldn't suffer the consequences of impact. You'd get amazing at striking if you could do that and repeat them. You just can't. You just can't. And especially, you know, if if you're training, you know, an old school violent jujitsu where you're leaning on faces and pushing and, you know, that's my God outside of the, the punching aspect, when you're in top position, that's as close as you can get on a day-to-day, repeatable basis to unarmed fighting. And, and that's why you can get so good at it. And you were put in horrible positions. If everybody says, well, I mean, what's so bad about the submission? It's not the submission. It's the position that will break you. Nobody nobody ever got broke because somebody took their back and choked them. Ah, it's over. It's over. Somebody gets broken because you get mounted, you can't get out, you can't get a lung full of air, you're claustrophobic, you're (laughs) And you wanna tap just because of panic. That's what breaks people, not the arm bar. No, an arm bar never broke somebody's will or spirit. It's the positional dominance and knowing you don't have a recipe to save yourself. And you can't get a lung full of air, you can't see light, you can't even imagine safety. And that's a hard place to be in on a daily basis to ask somebody forgiveness and say, please let me out. I'm at a dead end. I don't have an answer. Please let me out. That that level of humility changes every man. And you show me you show me an asshole and I'll show you somebody that's never been humble. But that red mat, well, mine's red, that mat will humble even the most powerful man. And it will do it on a daily basis. And that changes the way you walk through society.
0: You know, I'm going to use that. You know, the humbled man, (laughs) never been punched in the face either, probably. Love it. It's the truth. Yeah. Absolute truth. Unless you've actually felt it, and like you said about this bubble wrap society right now, unless you've been there and, and you don't realize what is going on outside of these four secure walls. Um, in a law enforcement realm, a lot of things I didn't realize so I put a badge and gun on and actually went into the darkness. Same thing with society right now. Nobody has a clue. Sean, I'm not going to hold you up uh, any longer, but man, I really appreciate this. I really appreciate both of you. And I like the conversation about it. I'd love to have you on again. Maybe we'll do it on Mike's show. And uh, we'll just talk all day long, man, because I, I, I'm i sold. You know? My 48-and-a-half-year-old my ass is ready to go jump on some mats right now, and I don't fucking tap me out. I've been tapped out before, man. I'll, I've tapped millions of times, but I'm ready to go, man. Let's do this. Well, brother,
1: I'll, I'll tell you this. I envy you. I envy you every person that's going to get to discover it for the first time. I envy you and there should be zero hesitation. I'm telling you it will be beneficial for every aspect of your life, man. Jump in head first. Don't look back. There is no downside. There is no downside. Um, It was a pleasure to meet you, uh, Dr. Simpson. I just know you from the avatar and seeing some things you (laughs) comment and seeing that, but it's pleasure to put a face, uh, To the social media. And I'm happy to do it anytime, guys. And thank you very
2: much for your service. God bless both of you. Thank you.